Geeks, you want to start? Yeah, I got it. Me? I got it. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Part of My Bullshit Podcast. We still in the building at Songbird and Adams Morgan. Shout out to the big homie Chad. Shout out to the man on the on the uh, on the camera and the audio for us today. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I, we got a special guest in the motherfucking building. But before we get into that, man, who I got to my left? Hey, first off, you know, shout out Ebony as well. You know, oh, photographer as well, holding it down gang, for gang us. Gang, gang in the building. But you know, it's your boy, the truth, out here, Baltimore, Maryland. Always introduce it. You know, shout out to C. Danny as well. We always got to hold our co-host down. But I yes, like sir. how you introduced that. He was like, "All right, listen here, man. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> real, real smooth, real cool." Um, to my left, we got a special guest today for this episode. Go ahead, man. Introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Kwan Glover, and I can add a lot of things to my name and say a lot of things that I've done, have done, I've been through, but I just say simply I'm a survivor. Word. And I'm here today on the part of my bullshit podcast to tell my story and share it with you all, hopefully give you all something to aspire to. Something to give you a little bit of hope now. Word. Yeah. So, you know, he, he on here to talk his shit. So what I like to do first, you know, we kick it around, Geechee. You know, tell us something, man. What's on your mind today? Listen, man, it's a, it's a lovely day, bro. I really cannot complain, man. I'm really just trying to push through holiday season, get to the top of the year. I feel like 2021, 2020, COVID threw a lot of plans off, but I feel like we have done our best to adapt, and I'm super proud of the podcast and everybody that's involved with it. I feel like 2021, we got so much more in store, especially with uh, myself moving, changing locations, just seeing what um, you know, seeing what the South can bring to the podcast. So looking forward to that, man. We've right. met a lot of dope people in the time being. Ebony over there taking pictures, you know what I'm saying? She joined the <laughs> squad in 2020, so shout out to her. But outside of that, man, I'm good, bro. I can't complain, man. No, nah, I, I think I think everything you're saying I agree with, and it's, it's, it's cool, you know, just all the... It's fun to me, you know what I mean? Like, even today, you know, coming here, Geechee was hitting me. He was, I saw him cooking last night on IG. He was like, man, the jerk sauce is getting to me. Crushed my stomach, bro. <laughs> Shit was all Boy, fire. Right? So it's, it's just mad cool how everything is, is, is just evolving right. and, and kind of changing and adapting for us. I mean, like you said, we have so much stuff that is coming along the pipeline to really end off 2020 strong and like you know ebony got us feeling like stars up here with all the flashes and stuff so that's that's good as well but right. hey man look i i'm just glad to be here to be honest like you said covid i think last friday they said that um they had over eighty thousand cases nationwide wow. which was the i guess the most active day for covid since you know the initial outbreak or whatever so you know i just like to tell the people man stay safe wear your mask hand sanitizer, Geechee just sprayed this whole area down, like, take a shower, wash your hands, you know, like, wipe your ass. The like, basics. You know, the, the basics, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just just take care of yourself, man, first and foremost. Right. So, go ahead, on, man, how you feeling, bro? I'm feeling good. Like, every day I get up now, I'm just grateful to be alive, you know what I'm saying? I think this year in particular, you look at the news or Twitter or whatever, and it's always something negative. Someone's always dying, someone's always sick. But I think for me personally, and I don't mean to brag, but I'm gonna brag, like this has been one of the best Talk years. Your shit, King. This has been one of the best years of my life, um, looking at it holistically, like things have happened. 
but they motivated me to be better than the man I was last year. So this is in preparation for things to come. For sure. This is, you know, me and, and a pinball machine and my 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 slide is all the way pulled back and I'm preparing the lunch. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, to be right. honest. I like that now, I ain't gonna hold you. I'ma steal that joint. Well, yeah, I'm a, no when bullshit. I listen back to this joint, I'm a pinball machine. He cocked me back. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first thing I want to get into is that you are an accomplished author, right? And and I know a couple of authors, but I always admire the work that goes into writing a book because I know how long it takes me to write an email. Mm. You know, we I think we can all talk about that. So, like, can you walk us through the process of, like, the background, the inspiration behind writing your book, one, and then two, how you wrote so many pages about your story. Like, you just, <laughs> just walk me through it, bro. Yeah, so when I got to the University of Maryland, I think I was about 19, and I was an arrogant little fuck. So, like, <laughs> I was like, I'm a, you know. I'm I remember, living, bro. I remember saying that. <laughs> I'm living off my high school glory. I, I played sports, and, you know, I had the great grades. I graduated with a 4.0 number six in my class, and I took my first semester in college, and I got 3.75, so I was like, this is going to be easy. Everything is going to come to me. And then the next semester, I got a 1.9. And I was like, this isn't me. This isn't supposed to happen. And that's when things started to disrupt my body. So one day I was going to my mentor's house, Brent Simpson, over in Bowie. And it was hard to control the wheel. And when I got into his office, he, he was like, dude, are you okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And what it sounded like to him was, yeah, I'm just, and I couldn't talk. Oh, shit. And I couldn't write, and I couldn't put words together. So they sent me to the doctor. That doctor looked at me funny and sent me to a hospital. They did the CAT scan. Yeah, there's something in your brain that shouldn't be there. I was like, cool. Are you going to get it out? Like, what are we doing here? So they sent me to another hospital, did an MRI, and they said something called a cavernous malformation. Again, I was like an economics major at the time. So I'm like, bro, I don't know what that means. Right, but yeah. if you're not going to fix it, I don't know what we're talking about. So they sent me home, and then I had to come back because I started losing my vision, started not being able to speak again, and they operated some of my first brain surgery on August 15, 2014. And, you know, it made me even more arrogant because it's like, oh, I'm, 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 I went back to school a week later. So I was like, after I just surgery? had... surgery? Yeah. So I was a- like... After I, brain surgery, bro. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, bro, I just had brain surgery. I'm back in school. Can't nobody fuck with me. <laughs> and then, yo, that's a wild nigga, yo. Yo, imagine if that's the lie you leave with women too. Like, yo, hey, yo, my, yo, I just had brain surgery. What's up, man? With I'm it? telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm back, back, back on campus. Was good. Yeah, you was really for the streets, bro. But it's it's you know life as a way of like trying to tell you something. It's like when you don't listen, it's like all right, we gonna humble you. Yeah. So and within a month, I had a stroke and. You know, that was a really humbling experience because I'd run track, play football, and been able-bodied my whole life. So all of a sudden, at 20 years old, I can barely walk. Mm. And I, my words don't come together the same way. I'm just like, yo, how is this my life? And then, you know, after that, I went to that stroke October 18, 2014, so a month after surgery. Went to rehab, came back to school, and I fell into a major depression that summer. I watched the whole series of Sons of Anarchy and laid on my my couch and cried pretty much the whole summer. And, um, you know, things started to turn around. I had a strange encounter with Chief. Like, 
He literally, I'm telling yeah. you, bro, when I tell you this, Sprite doesn't even remember. Um, I'm laying on my couch, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was like, I left my apartment door. It's in courtyards. And he kind of just stumbled in. I'm like, this is how it is, bro? Like, I'm going to get robbed and killed in my father's apartment. This is how it ends? <laughs> Bad. So he, it was, it was grief. And he came over. He just hugged me. He was like, everything is going to be okay. And he just left. And then I want to ask somebody who doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Wait, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down, hold on. His, his line brother, bro. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, so who is this nigga he talking about? I have no idea who this is. Yeah. yeah. We, he go by so, Chief. So, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was talking about Chief right, Keith. Yeah. Nah, I know nah, what nah, was nah. going on, son. What? So, yeah, so your line brother stumbled into your apartment. Door Literally? was unlocked. Yeah I, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah. Door was unlocked. You sitting on the couch. You thinking it's about to happen. <laughs> this you, is it. you think you know what I mean? Like That's you, wild. you sitting in your place and your door open, and you're There's like a whole other body in that. Yo, thing. and and you feel like you can't do anything. And he just it was like he was touched by an angel or something. You know what I'm saying? Wow. He came over and just hugged me. You That's gonna be wild, okay? Yeah. And like within a week, I had an internship and it started to turn around. Mm. But then you know I'm getting regular checkups with the doctor. And then he comes in one day, and he would always say, you know, there's something still there, but I can't tell what it is. And these are after looking at MRI imaging. And he came in that day, and he had his head down. And I'm like, yo, what, what, what's good with you? And then he came in, sat down, and he had his head between his legs. And he's like, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but your mass is going by bigger and faster. First of all, telling your doctor yo was good with you is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is funny. And then he um he he, he kind of looked at me and looked at my parents. And my mom broke down. My dad just looking around. And I, you know I can only imagine being a parent and like something's happening to your child and there's right. nothing you can do. And then I don't know what came over me or you know what possessed me, but in a minute I was just like sign me up for the next surgery. Mm. And he was like. You don't want to wait or think about it. I was like, nah, I'm just signing me up. So they signed me up for the surgery October 1st, and that's right around the time what it's time to be alive came on. Mm. And that the reason that that, that tape is so important to me because, like, in the day of the surgery, all I listened to was put it in a plastic, plastic bag. I listened to that song on repeat, repeat. And then every right. time I hear that song, that brings me back wait, to that moment. Wait, 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 wait. We talking about the Drake and the Future Drake joint? Yeah. 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 Was yeah, that yeah. The, the stripper joint? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, my yeah. nigga, you was... That's so yeah. disconnected. That's right, you, was, you was listening to Plastic Bag, the stripper joint. Because ain't, well, ain't scholarships like right before that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the thing hey, about it is... nigga, bro. That, that, that's the song in its context has no relation to what I'm dealing with. But it was really like that... The, the tone behind it, like the way it made me feel the, I don't know how to describe it, it was just like a strange, ominous kind yeah. of vibe. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen next. So that's what it felt like walking into that surgery room. And um, surgery, I had it, they went through my nose, through my skull, through my carotid artery to get to the mass of my brain. And uh, they gave me something called a spinal tap. Mm. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'm good at taking physical pain. I can endure a lot of shit, but like, when I woke up, they said, you got to keep this in for five days. And on a scale from one to 10 in pain, it's like a 37. Mm. So I'm like, yo, are you, you're fucking insane. Like, there's no way I can do this. And, you know, your brain floats around in the gray matter material. But because it was draining the fluid, my brain was knocking against my skull. 
So I'm like, yo, I don't know how this is possible. Um, and I endured it. I got through it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I'm back L- in school. Listening to Plastic Bag. <laughs> yeah, hey, bro. I'm telling you, that that song, every time I hear it, I feel like I'm right back in the hospital. Wow. I feel like if I had a choice of a song to play during that time, it obviously wouldn't be Plastic Bag. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I had a feature song, it might be like Inside the Mattress or like mm-hmm. March Madness. Something, something else. Something a little not, <laughs> Not plastic. What would you pick, yo? What, what song would you pick? I ain't gonna hold you, son. I wouldn't even be in a rap bag, bro. I'll be in my motherfucking uh, red hot chili peppers, <laughs> yellow car bag. Like I'll be in some different shit. You know I what probably are you right. I probably if I had a choice, choice, I probably hit off like Lady Gaga or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. I'll be in you some different I mean? shit. So I want like, my brain twerking in my head <laughs> while, I'm trying, while I'm going through some shit. Wait, wait, no, that's that's real. That's wild, bro. That's so, wild. so you endured this pain. Right. So so where are you at right now? Like like how do you feel now? Yo, I um Or what has that taught you? You know, when you think about when it's when I look back, it's hard to even get back into that same mindscape. You know what I'm saying? My body doesn't remember the pain. I just remember it being painful. But the thing is I've learned and I went on to have another surgery and I went on to have, you know, a lot of bouts with mental health and stuff like that. But now when I wake up, my feet touch the ground. The first thing I literally say every morning, I'm grateful to be alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I walk on, uh, I live on gratitude. Everything else, you know, is a gift. This is the greatest gift. This whole experience, you know what I'm saying, is the best gift I've ever been given. And it can't be replaced by any experience, any person, anything that ever happens to me after. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like... Uh, I don't even view like like when the when the reaper visits you and like you know really it's like bro this is this time like yourself, you've yeah. been all right bro like you 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 reaching now like you you making me look bad and when you become that acquainted with the idea of death you cannot view life the same way I don't view color the same way I don't view taste the same way I don't view people the same way I don't view conflict or reasoning in the same way because I've been close to the other side and now I just feel like all the time calm I'm never rattled by any difficult situation I don't feel perturbed by any particular personal idea or thought or whatever you know what I'm saying I just I'm in eternal gratitude and what I learned recently is that gratitude actually scientifically in your brain and produces serotonin and dopamine so it helps to keep my mood stabilized it helps me keep me in a very optimistic move so I just feel like man I, I'm just so grateful to be alive and to have the opportunity to share this story and impart something to other people that they might not get from other you know other situations or just the world we live in yeah I think we talk about that a lot too like I, I mean I remember just the conversations we've had in the past Geechee and I'll, I'll ask you to speak more on yeah. it as well like how your mindset determines everything you know what I mean you know it if if you go into a situation thinking that shit is going to fail or shit is going to go wrong, guess what? 100% of the time it will. It's going to fail. You know what I mean? And it could fail if you go into a positive, but you give yourself a chance. You actually, like, going into a positive as well, even if it doesn't work out the way that you think it's going to work out, it can still work out because you'll see the opportunity sure, yeah, to get around it. You see the that. light in the darkness. Right. So can you speak more to that? Like, like, could you give us an example of, or a time where, like, 
you were facing a heavy challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Even yeah. My, my, more more recent times, I'm not. Just got a new job a couple of months ago, and through the whole process, like, I'm one person that trusts. I will things into existence. I always know if I think positively about something, if I view the positive outcome on the other side, it's going to happen. It's never failed me ever in life. Every time that I walk into a situation unconfident, I walk into a situation Thanks. thinking my back is against the wall and I have no fighter's chance. It I fail, and I try to limit those. I could I could. I could maybe give you one or two examples in life where that's happened, but in every situation, I always come out swinging, no matter what it is, whether it's a job interview, whether it's an application for something, whatever it may be, I'm always the one that's going to say, you know what, man, we're going to get through this. It is what it is, and I, I've been instilled with that from a young age from my grandmother. Long story short, in the West Indian days, this thing, um, they, they say it's, it's called a veil to them, but the scientific term is called a call. Basically, essentially, when you're born, you know, you're in your, uh, was it the ambiotic sac or whatever. When you're born, it breaks. And that's where the, you know, when they say the water broke, that's what it is. Some people are born with it. Um, some people are born without it completely attached to them. Some people are born with it attached to their face. So when they're born, they have the sac over their face. It's called a veil. Like, if you do some research on it, it's actually called a call. Uh, superstition says that good things always happen to people that are born. This is like a blessing. Like, no matter what through life, you always be good. From the time I was young, my grandmother would always say, she would always say, Junior would have good luck in his life because he was born this way. No matter what happens to him, nothing evil will ever come his way. And as a kid, I'm hearing, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is some old West Indian shit. <laughs> but as I get older, I'm like, dog, like, I have... I can personally tell you I've never studied harder than nobody. I never put in more hours than nobody. I never worked harder than nobody. But I always find myself in these really, really good situations. And I was talking to my barber a couple of weeks ago, and I was I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm continuously blessed, and I don't know what it is. And he was like, man, it's because you go out your way for people. You do good things for people. You want the best for people. You give your all to people that you really care with. Because I'm telling my Virgo shit, I fuck with five people in this world, and I'm going to give everything I got for them. I'll fuck with everybody. But the people that I do fuck with, I'll die. And I truly mean that. I would die for the people I love. And I feel like because I walk around with that type of energy in my life, good things always come my way. So I always want the best for my friends. I may not be going through nothing. I could be content in life. But if Dathan is going through something, I want the best outcome for him. Because I know when the time comes around, when it's my turn, he's going to radiate that energy for me. And I truly feel like the world operates on that energy. Those positive vibes that are being sent your way, those positive vibes that are coming off of you, they always come back. And... um. When I'm hearing about your story, I'm sitting here like, bruh, in 2014, I was, uh, shit, how old was I? I was like 24, 23, 24, 25, somewhere in that range. I can't do the math right now. But anyway, I was living my good life. Four years out of school, you know what I'm saying? I'm in my profession. I'm comfortable. I'm getting money. I'm traveling. I'm doing life. At 19 years old, I'm telling you right now, I could not at all have handled I don't even know the full story. I'm just hearing what I'm hearing now. I don't even know how that was able to handle. One of my young boys, shout out to my man TJ. He's a listener to the podcast. Um, and around that time, in 2014, because he's a year younger than me, so he's a junior, his senior at VCU, he went to 7-Eleven. Uh, he graduated with a degree in electrical engineering. Went to 7-Eleven, got a Slurpee. And he did like what all we did. It's cool. We mixed all the flavors. He took a sip. The last thing he remembers is waking up on an ambulance. He took a slip. He went into a crazy um, brain freeze. From that brain freeze, he passed out and hit his head, cracked his shit open. 
did some wild shit to his brain. He had all kind of surgeries, and he was having, like, even after the recovery, the, the brain and the body is such a wild thing, and as I'm sure you could attest to this 10 times over. Even after he recovered, he was still going through things where I, I believe he had a stroke, and he like his, his he would get, like, crazy high fevers and temperatures, all kind of wild shit was happening. So I'm like, bro, like, what is causing this? He's like, man, it's just the trauma to my brain. It's just how your brain regulates everything in your body, and if one thing is off, everything is off and that's why like when i when i think about just life and i'm like yo there has to be a god bro like we're like so many small things are controlled by just little small things in our body and then just hearing your testimony i'm like bro like i wouldn't have been able to handle that i know that flat out at 19 i'm supposed to be out in school getting women you know what i'm saying hitting the parties like i could not imagine <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying like i could not imagine having to deal with a stroke and just having to deal with that with that trauma man so i'm sitting here just like in in, um, in amazement so so you know Kudos to not just you, but the team around you. I'm sure we could probably talk about that. I know you talked about your parents being at your appointments with you. And just having that support team around you to to get you through that. Having a random stranger walk into your apartment and give you a hug. And you already know, black man toxicity. But I don't know you, bro. I ain't giving you no <laughs> hug. I ain't even telling you what's up because I don't know you. You know what I'm saying? But just having somebody that became your line brother later on just embrace you. Just having that energy, I'm sure that that changed just some sort of trajectory, even if not for your lifetime, but for just for that day. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here like, man, what the hell? Nice. You tell me that. I ain't about to get this it's deep, different. bro. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's different. Uh, that's that's the word for me. It's different. You know, I, I didn't even know the, you know, we went to school together. I yeah. didn't even know the full extent of the story. You know, I, I knew you were going through some things and this, that, and the third. And, you know, we would check in every once in a while. But, shit. That like literally, like I'm sitting here like, yo, this is a lot to take in, even for me, you know. And and now I'm sitting here, and then my next question is like, well, do we have to experience hardship, whether it's like personally or you know me watching somebody else to go through it yeah. to really develop into a complete person? Mm. Like, what what do y'all think about that? I mean. Gary Vaynerchuk said something like adversity is the foundation of success. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I do feel like you have to go through something, some type of hardship, some type like to mold you into the person you're supposed to be. But you don't have to go through my struggle. You are built specifically for the fight you're meant to have. And a lot of people say they look at me and they're like, oh, your story is so tragic. I can't believe you went through all that. I could never do that. It's like, no. Because you weren't built for this fight. You're built for your fight. And your fight may be something that I'm like, bro, I don't want no parts. And that's fine. Like, my nobody's story or journey or trajectory or challenge is bigger or smaller than the next person. It's, you are literally built for what you're meant to go through. And what you're meant to go through is meant to grow you, not stop you or stunt you or whatever. It's meant to, you know, for me, it, has, it took me a while to realize, like, the reason all this happened was not so I can say, yeah, I made it through all this. Yeah, I'm a, I'm good, I'm strong, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm resilient. I'm all those things, but the reason I went through it is not for my benefit. It's to have conversations like this, to be able to share my story to people that are listening right now that may need, they may be in a dark place. They may be going through something. maybe may be stuck in a rut and don't know where to go. And they can look at somebody like me or somebody me, you know, that, that, that they, they can see has had a struggle, just had a tough time, that's been stuck before, and they know that there is light in the tunnel. And, like, specifically for black men, holding stuff in and, you know, 
I'm strong, I'm fine, like being stoic. Sometimes you have to crack mm. to let the light in. Vulnerability is my superpower. Empathy is my weapon of choice and my story is my fuel source. So when I think about my journey, I was given this gift to give it back to you. Mm. And that is my testimony. And I want to touch on something you said before. Like, you don't know why good things keep happening. You don't understand why. They... The reason I called the book Favor is that's because that's exactly what it is. And you can't put it into words. You just know it's there. The good luck, the job you weren't supposed to get, the girl you weren't supposed to get, the relationship you weren't supposed to have, the, the, the things that start to happen and you can't explain it. That's, that's favor. favor. And favor ain't fair. It's, it's just favor. It's just for you. That's real shit. Nigga said you got you got a crack to let the light in. Nigga, I was mad quotables in this joke. I don't even know where to begin. I done lost my train of thought. You was about to say something. No, yes, I was going to talk about. I think you hit on something super important right there. We're built for the journey we're supposed to take, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's so easy to compare yourself to others. I'm not supposed to have what you have. You're not supposed to have what I what I have. We're perfectly designed to experience life how it's already been pre-subscribed for us. Everything that we have, we already have the tools. You just have to unlock that shit. You know what I'm saying? We, we're already built with everything that we're supposed to get through our whatever years in life. And it's just on us to tap into that existence already. So you're right. I can't go through what you've been through. I know that. I said it flat out. I'm not supposed to. My journey is built for me already. Now it's on me that every time I'm faced with adversity, how do I unlock my tools? How do I, what, what bag do I get in to fight through? What bag do I get in to be resilient? Not the plastic one. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, said not the, the plastic, plastic one. one. <laughs> my, they was talking about Birkin's bag all day on uh, Twitter yesterday, man. man. That might be the bag I got. Maybe it's a Birkin joke. You know no, what I'm, yeah. I'm a fancy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas, niggas sending snowflakes in the DM. Man, talk about one bag. Yeah, nah, that's, that's, that's an argument that ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but whatever. Nah, that, that shit is real to me, yeah, bro. Yeah, like, now, think, favor, favor's real, man. Favor's super real, yeah. like you said, man. You, you you can't put into words. You can't describe it. But you know that there's something there that just continues to work on, on your side. You know what I mean? And, that, and you know, I, I have always linked on that. You know what I'm saying? And it has not felt me. It's there. And I'm definitely a testimony to that. Because like I said, man, just in, just in my journey through life, like I've been in so many fucked up situations where things could have gone very, 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 very left. And they haven't. I've just been, just been blessed. And I appreciate that every single day. You know, sometimes I question that. Like, when I go through certain things and, and when certain, a lot of things are happening, I'm like, yo, favor, right? Like, oh shit, I made, I made it out. You know, I was in a situation. I remember it was a situation I was in. I was in in, uh, in college. I went to an alpha party, and it got shut down early. I'm leaving with my friends. They opened the motherfucking. Um, at my girlfriend at the time, she was walking down the street. Niggas was harassing her in D.C. And then, long story short, we try and get into the into my car to go home mm. or whatever, and they pull up next to my car, bro. Mm. Block us in, and the dude. In the back seat, got out the car, pushed me into the truck. Like pushed me into my truck. At this time, I'm driving my mom's truck. You know what I mean? Like I ain't, I ain't doing that. I got about eight people with me stuffed in a big ass 2003 Ford Explorer, bro. Mm. Nigga, get out, push me into the truck. I turn around. All I see is this nigga turning around, reaching into his truck. Mm. Nigga, I 
Hey, I thought it was over for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I for sure thought it was the burner, bro. I was like, no lie, bro. I was like, oh, like my reaction was, oh shit. So I went to grab him, and like my friends in the car just like grabbed me, bro. I've never been lifted off my feet like that so quickly in my life. They grabbed me, bro, and threw my ass into that car, and then niggas took off, bro. Mm. Like, I questioned it. I'm like, yo, I sh- I should have. I should have been done right yeah, there, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I or you know, it's situations because like, you know, it's it's hard to always just accept like the utility of things, right? And we question it like, why am I here? You know, as as black men, we always question like, yo, what did I do to deserve this? And at the end of the day, like y'all saying, like, you just you just being you. You you got to step into the shoes that you got to step into the lane that was granted that was to, you. to you. Yeah, yeah. like it's just thing that we uh. We had a trainer on recently at work called imposter syndrome, and that's essentially oh, yeah. what that's it, it is. Yeah. Oh. That's it. You know, it's so easy to sit in a room and look around like, yo, okay, this one went to Harvard, this one went to Stanford, this one went here, this one did this in life. I have done none of that. What am I doing what here? What am I doing yeah. here? And like you said, you just have to embrace the fact that there was something about you, there was something that you did that you may not even see in yourself that they did that brought you into this space. You, you can't second guess your accomplishments. You can't second guess your worth. Life is set up for you. Your story is your story. And something about it attracts it to whoever brought you into that space, man. There's a dream I got to tell you about. And it takes up literally two pages in the book. And this is right before, no, this is during the second surgery. I'm sleeping, dreaming, you know, put me under. So I have this dream, and I used to box when I first came to Maryland. So I'm in a dream, and I'm in, like, a white room. And I'm, like, throwing punches, combinations, my arm working again. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. And I'm wearing a jean jacket and a hoodie, and I'm just, like, yeah, like, everything's working again. Like, what's going on? It's great. And then it starts to rain. But the rain is, like, as black as your jacket. Mm. And then I stick my hand out, and the rain is not touching me. I'm, like... Where am I? And then I start to float up. And then I, as I'm floating, I lose my human visage. So, like, I'm just like a spirit floating in the air. And at this point, I'm watching this happen from two vantage points. One is first point of view, and the other is, like, I'm watching a painter's canvas. And when this spirit or whatever I am at this point gets to the top of that canvas, it's like a hand. It's like, pushes me down, and everything goes in reverse. And then right before I work up, I heard a voice say, you're not done yet. Mm. And so when I listened to you tell that story, Jason, about you, you know, this could be it. Yeah, this is it. The, there are moments in your life where you're going to be like, you know what, this is probably it. Um, but there's, there is a God. There has to be because in those moments, you may, not, you may not hear the voice, but it's like, it's not your time. Absolutely. You're not done yet. So like when I think about all the things that I could have passed on from or could have taken me out, it just wasn't. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't my time. Wasn't I still time. have more to do. You still have more to do. You know what I'm saying? Every time you think about on this moment, it's easy to question, but it's even better to accept and use it. Absolutely. Like, I could have died that night. You could have been, that could have been it, but you didn't. But, and now you're you here. Yeah, sure. you put, put the plastic bag on and we back rolling. <laughs> back to it. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, motherfucking stick talk. All right, shit. Word. Well, sure. Let's get into, uh, let's get into you as the author now. So we, we heard about the initial journey you done overcame a, a whole bunch of shit, especially on, on the physical side, on the mental side. You know, you're here today, strong is strong. You're author. Let's get into the book. Yeah, so like, I started the book in July 2018, and because it's about my life and my traumas, 
like having to relive that on paper, it was, I'm like, pick it up and put it down, pick it up and put it down, pick it up and put it down. And it was just like, I don't, I wasn't in a place where I could really do that. But also, I don't know if you, you've noticed, but like my right hand doesn't have any dexterity. So there was also the added difficulty of me having to type that book with one hand. So I had to, you know. Were you, were you right-handed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like I'm, I'm doing it left in one hand. And, you know, I had to plot out time during the day and, you know, hour or two every morning before the day started, just type, 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 type. And I remember, you know, when I first submitted my draft to my editor and she was like, I sent it to a business partner. She was just like, yeah, I don't know how to say this, but the first 12 chapters of this book suck. And I was just like, <laughs> you want me to change my story? So basically, you say my life is born. Yeah. And, you know, I took it personally at first. Then I thought about it. And my editor said the same thing. She was just like, um, okay, so I'm a sculptor. So I take a fine tooth comb to sharpen, the, you know, round the corners and stuff like that. What you gave me is a block of wood. And I have no clue what I'm supposed to do with this. Like, you're not Barack Obama, which you wrote about autobiography. No one's going to care where you were born or what you did as a kid. Focus on, so I had to change it from a autobiography to a memoir. And that's when I thought about not the great books I've read, but the great movies I've seen. Like, when you think about even as small as a YouTube video, at the beginning of the video, the good ones, there's a hook. And then the video starts, and you get back to that point in the video, and then mm -hmm. it continues. Mm -hmm. So that's how I wrote the book, like a movie, not like a book. And I read a lot of J.K. Rowling. I read a lot of Stephen King. I read a lot of James Patterson. I read a lot of memoirs, How to Be a Badass, Trevor Noah's book. And I used that descriptive language. But I, if the way I wrote it is like, if this were a movie, how would it read? And then I wrote the book. And it, it took me a while to get to that place. But I had to also get rid of the burden of guilt that I felt. In August of 2019, that's when I started taking the process seriously. Published it on September 4th. But before I put the final touches on it, August 22nd of this year, I had to write in my journal, I feel whole again. And that's when all the burdens lifted. And that's when I published the book. So it, it took a while, but, you know, it's done now. So, so what movie did you think about? I thought about a lot of pursuit of happiness. Oh, shit. Okay. That's what I thought. And that's the book I modeled it after. I mean, his story is more of an autobiography, yeah. that book. But I thought about that movie. And, like, if that movie were transferred, in, my story would have transferred into the movie. What would it look like? And when you read the book, you can kind of see how that looks and why I wrote it the way I did. Or so all right, so if I get a copy of the book, is there like what what stands out? Like what part of the book should I hit first? Obviously, you know, the eulogy. What's this? that's the opening, right? You know, I, I don't read no books. What's that shit? Eulogy? <laughs> it's it's, no, not, so, it's so not, not the eulogy. What's that? Is it a prologue? What's that joke, man? Prologue. Help me out, man. That's, that's it's the prologue, bro. The prologue. Right, eulogy so is that like a funeral man. That's the prologue and all that. <laughs> but what where in the book like do you think is like the meat and potatoes? Like what should I be hitting on first? So I mean the prologue will hook you, but I think the meat and potatoes probably start chapter four. Okay. Uh, chapter four through pretty much the rest of the book is where you, if you want just the, I wanted to get something from this book, 
chapter third chapter four. That's and that. You was in on. you was in your bag, man. Yeah, yeah, I was in my plastic bag, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you was in that joint, you typing with the tears. Yeah, I, I feel you. I yeah, feel you. I mean, I shed many tears writing this book, but I put it all on those pages. It's not filtered. It's not edited. It's my voice, my story, and um, I put it out there for the world to see. And people are like. I remember I sent it to somebody one time and they were like, you sure you want people to know this all about you? Like, this is a lot of stuff. And I was like, I don't care. It's already happened. Yeah. What can they do? You seen the movie 8 Mile? Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. at the end when he just did that rap and he was like, I've said everything. He basically said everything. He could, like, the other guy was going to say about him. I put it all in the book so you can't chink my armor the more than I chinked it myself. Mm. So now I just feel in, almost invulnerable spiritually because I put everything on the table for, for the world to see. Shit, you gonna, what, what T Grizzly say, bro? You gonna, that's your man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Son, you gonna, wait, he say, you gonna hear a lot of shit about me, but I ain't clearing up shit. You gonna believe what you believe, bro. That's it. That's it, bro. Nah, that's it, man. Keep the rest. But nah, that's, so my, my question is, this is maybe off topic or whatever. If your book was made into a movie, who would you want to play you? That's a good ass question. Man, I, you know, I was just recently asked this, and I, part of me is like, I want a no name up and comer to kill this role. All right, bet. So me. All right, bet. <laughs> I got it already. But then I was like, but I want people to go see it. So, like, you know, Michael B. Jordan. This nigga said, I swear to God, in my head, I was like, this nigga gonna say Michael B. Jordan. I know it. This nigga went from a no name to, to Michael B. Jordan. You know, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and it's not even about because I like him as an actor, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And with this book, you know, I just want people to read it. Bro, if, I, if you buy the book, right? And if you got 10 friends that need to read it, I don't want. I don't care if you tell them to go buy the book. If you flip it for more profit, or you just pass it around. Like when some, like I want this book to get everywhere. My biggest dream, you know, I want to talk about dreams. My biggest dream for the book is that it gets to every country on this planet, translated in every language possible, and everybody reads it. But when people dream, they dream small. Yeah. Like someone, I saw somebody, oh, they should do modeling. They was just like, oh, yeah, I wanted to get on a billboard. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Bro, like, that's been done before. Mm. Like, you need to think bigger and get back to me. Like, that's how I feel about it. If I can imagine your dream, like, if you told me I want to be uh, an actor in Hollywood, I'd be like, yeah, right. dream bigger and get back to me. Like, I, like, if I can imagine your dream, it's not big enough. Mm. Damn. So if I if I told you I want to start a podcast, you'd be like, okay. I'd be like, you're insulting me. Oh shit. Damn, that's how your editor was talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a block of wood, motherfucker. What am I supposed to do, what with, this? Supposed to do with this shit? Word. That's wild. Now that's real though. So what's the, uh I guess, you know, as we start to wrap up, man, like what are some takeaways? Like, what do you want people to walk away after reading through the whole book? You know, I think it that it's a timely, it's timely for the release. You know, we live in our dark world. Well, a world that's portrayed as being dark. A lot of people are giving it to despair. A lot of people are absorbing the negative influence of the world. Um, but the takeaway, the main takeaway, and I'll sum it up in the story, like, the darkest night often comes before the brightest morning. And no matter how many times the night falls, no matter how cloudy and dark the day gets, the sun must rise. So 
the morning has to come. Mm. And in this world, my job, my purpose, my passion now is to bridge the gap between the darkness and the light in the tunnel. My job is to take you out of victimhood and to make you a victory, to make you a hero in your own story. So I can sum up the message in three words. There's always hope. And no matter what fight you have to have, no matter what battle you have to face, no matter what adversity you challenge, your well-being, your person, whatever, there's always hope because, again, the darkest night comes before the brightest morning, and your morning is coming. Man, speaking of all that, man, that, that's dope. That's dope. But it reminds me of a conversation we had on here a couple of months ago where we were talking about the difference between being a victim and having a victim mindset. You know what I mean? We go through things. People are go through traumas. We go through all these life experiences where in a moment somebody did something to us that may have hurt us. But the victim mindset is when we carry that through life and we use that mm-hmm. as a reason why we can't that's, that's get ahead. That crutch. It's, it's, it's a crutch. And it's unfortunate that a lot of us do have that mindset. But hearing your summary of that, it sounds like, yeah, I've been through some shit. I've been through the dark days. I've been through the dark times, but I use that to actually fuel where I am at now. I use that. I used all that negativity and I bottled it all up, and I use that shit to drive me to where I want to be. So break, not even developing a victim mindset, but it's just like, yo, that shit happened. I'm gonna get through it, and here I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna put those words on paper. I'm gonna get through it. I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna try to spread my message. And I mean, we talked about that for like an hour. Yeah. And um, I, I, to me, that's one of my favorite conversations to have because we, we're black, man. We all been through some shit. You know what I'm saying? Our family's been through some shit. Our, our aunts and uncles, like, we have so many stories to share on victim victimhood. And my favorite stories to tell are the ones where I know where my mother has broken through some shit or my grandmother, she she broken through some shit where they shifted from being a victim and breaking out that victim mindset to, to actually, like, accomplishing something or, or using that shit to right. change their family trajectory or whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? Hearing that, man, that shit is super fucking inspiring. I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely going to be reading the book. I ain't going to hold you son. I, I literally don't read no book, bro. <laughs> I, say, I read the Quran. And that's <laughs> yeah. And but I'm definitely going to be reading this. It's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope because, you know, when you look at the word victim in the letter V, there's a point at the bottom. And it, I call it the bottom of the V. And that's the point in your life where you choose to either live in victimhood. Which I say victimhood because it's, it's where you live. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the, it's like a neighborhood. It's where you choose to spend most of your time, energy, and thought. Yep. Or you can make a decision to become a victor, become the person that overcomes your adversity. So, again, a lot of people use victimhood and their victim mentality as, as an excuse and as a, a way to blame other people. but there's always a choice, and it's yours to make, uh, whether you be, you know become a victim and stay a victim and live and move into victimhood, or you become a victor and you achieve victory in your story. You become the hero of your own journey. That's real shit. Let me tell y'all something, man. All the quotables this nigga spitting now, bro. Shit. I can't follow up, bro. All, all the quotables, bro. I'm going to have to look at the transcript after this shit <laughs> and write some of them joints down. But look, so before we wrap it up here, you know we do the vibe of the day. You know, for the episode, what you what you been listening to lately, man? Not plastic bag, please. <laughs> yeah, don't. I'm definitely not throwing plastic bro, bag. I ain't in this throwing episode. plastic bag. On this not shit. like, you know, I listened to a lot of. Yesterday, I was cranking Cupid 112. Um, before Yo. that, I was cranking Tame Impala, same old person, same old person, 
new person, same old mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both that and the Rihanna version. The Rihanna version, I was okay. Yeah, Both yeah I was about to say, you um, know, Riri Navy. Savage Tape 2, of course. Okay. Um, Detroit 2. But, you know, Tears for Fears, that's from, like, the 80s. So, like, I jump around my musical taste. But uh, overall, like, whatever feel, like, makes me feel good, that's what I put on, put in my ears. And that just dictates my vibe for the day. Right. So, what, uh, pick a song. What, what's your first track you're going to listen to when you leave here? It's got to be something upbeat. Let me see. Mm. That's what we're going to play at the end of this episode. Oh, the the end track with, on Detroit 2 with... Um, what's his Son, name? I was really trying to avoid anything Big Sean. Um, Big Sean and <laughs> what's damn. the cousin from California? Nipsey? Uh, no. The, the, oh, Rodney Rich? Dom Kennedy. Oh, that's Dom. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. The band music because it's, you know, yeah, I've, I've been getting my feelings with that song. I've been like, Wait. yo, I'm, I'm motivated to do something. So that's, that's the song I probably I ain't going to hold you, bro. I don't listen to Big Sean. Son, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to, but I will. We're going to rock out. No, you know, what's the name of it? No, so like it's not even like he's rapping the whole time. It's like he's talking. It's like okay. an outro. So yeah, it's, it's 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 an easy listen. Word. All right. So out, the outro on uh, Detroit, Detroit Two was a big Sean and Dom Kennedy. Dom Kennedy, cool. Yeah, Dom Kennedy, cool. But look, Word. man, as always, man, look, I appreciate you for hitting me up, saying, Dathan, I'm ready to talk my shit. <laughs> Bring me on to that's literally how it happened. I'm ready to uh, talk my show on the podcast. So you know, appreciate you for coming through. We'll get you linked up with everybody, all about follows and shit. Geech, you have anything else? Listen, man, definitely thank you for coming through, bro. I enjoyed this. We'll make sure to put the link to the book in the bio and all that good stuff. Make sure we get it out there. Make sure we spread the word as best as we can. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting my copy and reading it, man. I, and you got my word. I'm definitely going to be doing that. So once again, appreciate you for coming through, bro. Hey, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Look, PNB Podcast, another episode done. We out of here. The truth. Sure. Yeah. Look at all the souls I saved. Look at all the O's I made. Same outfit a couple days. Yeah. Listen to Big Show. Okay, praise nigga. This for my baby who coming over to bust it open. Who get an Uber but really deserve a dozen roses. Who got her hair done and didn't think I even noticed. She just happy she chosen. But she the one who chose me, that's what's more important. I give her more game than problems. She love high culture. Under unrealistic measures is the only way you can measure who's chosen. I realize my mind frame is too big for the portrait. That's why I'm steady trying to teach the whole hood corporate. I'm psychedelics while a psychic trying to read my fortune. But I don't know what's too much anything could be a torture yeah. she like you supposed to meet my parents you know that's important how narcissistic you think i am you think i did when i didn't you think i paid for everything and didn't pay attention like my head is as big as my name just tell a real nigga once baby never again and i put you and all my loved ones on like it's my only obligation i made all they solid wins a loud proclamation a little pressure and a lot of patience they tell me you amazing i say no god amazing look at all the souls Straight i up. say Look at all the O's I made. Yeah. Same outfit a couple days. What about that part? Listen to Big Sean. Okay, praise. But just remember, it's easier for motherfuckers to count yeah. you out than it is to count you in. So you got to understand if they don't see where you coming from or if they small-minded. And I think that's enough for all of us to get it. That's why it's important to be your own boss. To some capacity, you know, put yourself in control through the ups and downs, wins and losses. They all just chapters. Chapters in your life story. And Really, some losses teach you how to win, you know? Some losses teach you more than always when and never could.
And I've been there back against the ropes, against the wall. Don't waste nobody time. Don't waste That's just because you the one that can handle it, you know? Shit, man, you got to prove yourself. So don't waste mine. You got to rise the fuck up. Show them who you are, man. You ain't going to give me away? Okay, cool, I'm going to make a way, feel me? Look at all the roads I pay. Ain't no mistakes, ain't no regrets. Regrets only there because you ain't learned your lesson. Times I ain't came. Or forgave yourself. Yeah. Either or. Hey. Yeah. All you do is elevate. Elevate. Big shot. I'm going to just leave it right there. You try too. Hey, what's fucking with that? Uh.